Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast. This particular podcast is one of a series of three supported by Telstra. As business owners, we dream to be that business, the one that's got the buzz, the one that makes all the right moves. With Telstra Tech and some good advice, we can help you stay ahead of the curve so that you can be that business too. For access to the latest technology trends and know-how to help you solve problems, create opportunities and thrive in the future, head to telstra.com forward slash smarter for lots of articles, videos, case studies, podcasts and more. In this special podcast series, I'll be talking to three great guests and getting their views on the future of technology and how new tools help business owners work from anywhere. Today, I'm delighted to have Caroline Leppers from One Red Thread, and we're looking at how technology, or more specifically automation, can help us in our marketing efforts, and indeed how automation can support us in a number of aspects of our work. So thank you for joining us, Caroline. Thank you. Well, it's, it's so good to have you here. And uh, I've spoken to you a few times before, and I know you've, you write a number of fantastic sort of articles for us, and this is totally your area. So look, I thought I'd start off by just asking you, if you would, to give us a, a definition of automation. What does it mean? Definition. Yeah, it's definitely one of those buzzwords that's that's chucked around a lot at the moment. Um, it's put up there as one of those pin-up words. It sounds really, really flashy. Um, you know, people talk about I've automated my business and we have this dream of working the four-hour work week and that's what it means. But to be honest, in reality, automation is it's it's an online business term and it means any business that's working with software that's you know in the cloud or or just on their computers getting them to talk together or getting them to just talk to themselves and do a task that um, otherwise a human would do so it, it mm. doesn't need to be a flashy nurture sequence or something like that that's out there it can be something as simple as emails being filed for you or tasks being auto-generated. It, it can come right down to just a small little thing that just that just frees up a little bit of time for you to put your efforts into something else that matters. Yeah, okay. Well, look, I think that's that's a lovely way to kind of get us into it. And it's it just sounds... You know, so yummy when you talk about it like that is why wouldn't we want, why wouldn't we want to do these things? Now, I've kind of suggested that we're going to look at marketing, I guess, because we know marketing is is one of the things that in our small businesses, you know, we sometimes struggle to do efficiently and effectively. Um, and I also know, as you would know, that um, a large part of the challenge with marketing is actually finding the time to market. So I guess that kind of gives us a little bit of permission to wander off marketing if we need to. 
um, on the basis that if we're if we're becoming more productive and we're saving our time through this this clever use of technologies, you know, then that's obviously going to help us free up some time to do more marketing. So, the so where you you, you talk there about a nurture sequence, so. Again, that's something that I'll come, let's come back to that because I'm going to get you to explain that as well. But I guess from a, a small business perspective, let's imagine we've got somebody listening here who's, um, you know, pretty tech savvy, started or starting their small business um, and is kind of looking around it thinking, mm, okay, so what do I automate? You know, where do we, where do we begin? What are the, I think you call them the touch points? Where do we, where do we start to look? Yeah. With every business that's different, um, it, it comes down to generally the biggest need in the business at the moment. And that, that sounds really straightforward, but it really isn't. You know, if you take your example of somebody who's about to launch, their biggest need is going to be getting out awareness, getting people interested in what they're selling, in their business, in what they're offering. And so for them, a huge part of it is going to be that marketing side of things. Mm. You know, whereas another business that's, you know, a couple of years going, going quite well, they're growing, their biggest need might be looking around um, their productivity and their operations and how can we automate actually what we're doing. So it's 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 definitely unique business to business and usually you know what it is because it's the pain point. Either it's, oh, God, we need more money coming into the business, so we've got to market, um, we've got to get our brand out there, or it's, you know, we're struggling, we're stressed, we can't get everything done in a day, you know, you're looking at your operations. So finding those pain points, not just for yourself, you know, um, but, you know, customers might say things to you, they might give feedback to you. So it's it's definitely um, it's definitely going to be what is the pain that you're feeling in the business is going to be that, that first area that you're going to want to focus on. Okay, but I guess, uh, again, that, that's, that's, that sort of makes that nice and clear. But I guess also it's probably true in a lot of businesses that, you know, show me an area of the business where there isn't a little bit of pain, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just exactly. to be ever so slightly cynical. But... Um, if we'd, you know, I like I, I should also just um, just to be totally transparent here, make it clear that I I know what you do because I've worked with you and I and I've seen what you do, and what you did with us in, in your in your um, sort of project with us is you very much focus on marketing and you kind of said to us, hey, look, there's a whole lot of people that are coming to your website through the work that you're doing on Google and all those kind of things. Um, but they're coming in and they're going off again, you know. So, yeah. and you showed us a way to, um, you know, use that traffic in a very different way, in a very positive way. So typically, let's imagine you're going into a business and kind of marketing is let's say marketing has been has been kind of presented to you as we need help we need more clients you know again from a technology perspective where are you going to start what's the first thing you're going to be sort of looking at in that business when we're talking about marketing the place we're always going to start is with the customer and what is their journey um you know, initially when you're coming in, it's, if you're launching something new, it's harder because you're looking at, oh, what do we think that customer is going to do? But if it's something existing, you get an idea for, for how people interact with what you're putting out there. So, you know, mm. if people are being drawn to your maybe a lead magnet that you've got out there, maybe some really good content on your blog, um, maybe some good Facebook, social media, things like that, and they're coming into your website, um, what do you want them to do next? And so the best way to do this is to do what we call customer journey mapping. Mm. So that, that sounds like a big word, but really 
it's all about going, okay, person X comes in, what's they going to do next? What are they going to interact with? What do I want them to interact with? And as they start to interact with maybe um, opt-ins or, you know, downloading things or reading things in your website, you can start to see um, what they're interested in and you can start to funnel them into what you want them to do. So part of that, that marketing automation is, first of all, doing this mapping so that you know, um, okay, person comes in, they get our lead magnet, and then from there I want them to book a strategy call with me because as soon as we have that call, I know I can convert them. So how do you get them from, you know, getting that lead magnet into actually then going through and booking that call with you? And you've got to think about what is this person interested in, um, what are they going to engage with, and, mm. and that's all of your marketing and where automation can step in is once you've got that mapped out, it might be a course of saying, okay, well, I want to send them three emails and I want to send them a text message or I want them to go and visit this page on my website. And once you know all of the steps, you can then use the automation to take away that you as a person need to focus and look, oh, did they open this email? Did they click that link? Once you know what you want them to do and what their options are to do, you can start to then put the automation in to capture those activities so that the system can start to um, convert them for you. Brilliant. All right. Let me just, I'm going to just pull you right back to the beginning there when we talked of lead magnet. Now, most people listening, I'm sure, will know what a lead magnet is. But the way I like to think of them is if we think of this whole kind of mapping almost in, uh, if we just imagine we're in an, an old fashioned shop front, well, not even old fashioned, but you know, a bricks and mortar store, your lead magnet's kind of your front door. Whatever you decided to put in front of people to get people to land on your site, that's what the lead magnet is and that's what it's done for you. Would that be a fair definition? Yeah, it's your billboard out the front or your, you know, your A-frame sign out the front that's mm. special for the day. That's definitely your lead magnet that's trying to draw people in further to what you've got. Okay, so then just dragging that uh, shop analogy out p- painfully further. So we've, again, just, just for people listening who may not be into this topic, so we've got them in the front door. Now as the kind of the shopkeeper, we want to say, right, where do we want them to go? You know, well, we want them to go to that aisle over there where all the expensive foodstuffs are or we want them to go over come towards the till where the little samplers are it's that sort of process isn't it so when you as a business owner when we're sitting there thinking what as you said you know what is it you want your customer to do that's very much the process isn't it is imagining okay someone's landed at my front door where do I want them to go next what do I want to do next so is absolutely and it, it and you know, you know, if you really sit down and think about it, you know what you want to push them to or, or what they might be interested in. And it's just about having that plan so that you can start to, um, to, to, to push them, you know, towards that area of your shop. Yeah. So tell me, as a, uh, I know this is something that you say you offer as a, as a service of your business, but um, I would imagine that what some businesses are doing, and I don't know this from experience, but it's one of those things when you buy a new package, new software, new technologies that can help these things is there a danger that when you've got this kind of box of tricks that you're just kind of using it i mean it's it sounds to me that we we need to use this stuff very in a very considered and very strategic way yeah there's really two sides to that one is that all these amazing software exists doesn't mean you need to use it Mm. so once once you have that you know that customer mapping that we were chatting about you can look at it and go my customers 
don't need a pop-up or my customers don't need this series of things. They, I think just these things will satisfy. Um, and then the other side of it is that you're absolutely right. There is so much you can do with it. It's about really being clear on what do my customers want and how um, are people who are going to potentially become my customers, what, what are they interested in and what's going to motivate them? Because software for the sake of software is, you know, like anything, it, it's a waste of your time to set it up. Mm. It can be a nice distraction and a good way to spend an afternoon to get some flashy tools set up on your website. But at the end of the day, you know, if, it, if it's not what people want and if it's not going to convert to a sale or a lead opportunity for you, then it's absolutely not worth your time and usually the best approach is start small mm. start with one thing start with one customer flow start with one area and get that working and, and make sure you learn from it and look at you know how do people interact with things how do they use it do they hate it um i had a client recently who had pop-ups all over her website and i said um how do they perform and she said i don't know <laughs> and she'd had them on there for six months, and I'm sure she won't mind me telling you this, six months and never looked at the reporting. Mm. I thought that's a great example of you've been told you should have pop-ups on your side and, you, you know, you've put them up there, but you didn't do anything with the people who came through, so you don't know if they're converting mm. and you're not looking to see if people even like what you're putting in there. That's so, crazy. So that's like having your little um, your sign outside your, your shop front and, and actually not, not actually paying any attention to whether it has any impact whatsoever. Can't be good Absolutely. Hmm. Not even checking if it rained one day and everything got washed off it. <laughs> so the mapping is is clearly sounds to me is is a very pivotal part of of getting into this automation process is really mapping it out think and then presumably once you've got okay this is what I want to do this is what I think they want this is how often I want to talk to them these are the sort of things I want to say then it's kind of a matter of looking at okay what are the apps what are the technologies that are going to give me what I want it's that's the that's the kind of right way round would that be true I 100% agree mm. with that approach yeah and look I'm I'm one of those people who's quite agnostic with software. I, I love it, so I try everything, and I've got my favorites. But for everybody, there's a different software that's going to meet their needs. So, you know, definitely don't – just because your best friend in her consulting business maybe um, is doing really well with a particular software doesn't mean it will be right for you. You might work differently or your customers have different needs. So once you do your own mapping, you'll be able to really go, okay, I need my software to do X, Y, Z, and then you can be quite um, – you know, direct when you're looking out there and really find, because there's so much as well. That's the other problem. There's just so much out there. And generally, do you find that uh, that small businesses, are we, are we doing this stuff well or are we kind of, have we got too many toys that we're playing with? I, from my experience, no, not doing it well. We want to be the big boys. And often we go out and look at the software that maybe a lot of the time people have been in a, you know, a big role before working for a big company and they go out on their own and they try to use the same software that they used in a big company just because it's familiar. Um, but they end up, you know, it's really expensive. It's clunky. It doesn't really suit a small business. And so, it, you know, it's not made adaptive in the way that you need it to be. And often they get the software and think, okay, well, it does this so now I'll make that fit into my business mm. rather than the other way around, which is, well, this is how my business marketing works. What software will suit that? And and not many small businesses go in that order. They tend to, you know, they see the big flashy marketing for another mm. for a software and think that will solve my problems rather than 
what is my problem in the yeah, first okay. place. That's a great point. Now, many years ago, more than I care to recall, I, I was um, presenting to a group of small businesses, not about a technology issue, but but I shared with them um, a device, a, a little um, kind of worksheet almost to have a, a slightly different approach to marketing. And I'm obviously not going to wander off on that tangent at this juncture but I never forget there's somebody at the end of it when I kind of been through this and I explained how to use this little device um, a guy stood up at the back and he's uh, you know I said any questions a guy stood up and he said he said this sounds so contrived it's just so <laughs> contrived I just doesn't feel natural um, now that's you know when say when you're up on the stage and someone says something that can be quite confronting <laughs> but <laughs> I can't remember I got, I, I got my way through it okay but then the first thing <laughs> I did when I got home is I, I looked at the definition of contrived and um, it one of the definitions the first definition is deliberately created deliberately created is what contrived means but do you find that you get any uh, kind of pushback from businesses do they say to you Ooh, this is contrived. This is automated. Is taking the the personality out of the relationship. What's your response to that? Yes, I do. And mm. and people have that fear, especially when their business. You know, for so many, um, especially people working on their own soloists, your mm. business is really a reflection of you. It's your values. You know, you've built it. It's, if you're someone who's a consultant or a business service, for example, you represent your business. You know, so so starting to automate things feels cold. Um, mm. What I try to, to suggest to people is that using the automated messaging is as cold as you write it. So that's mm. one part of it. Great it's up point. to you to put your tone um, into these sort of automated – we're talking about automated emails really. Sure. Um, it's up to you to put your tone into them and to make them um, as personable as you can. The other thing is that people don't need to know that they're automated. If you've got a series that's working off people's activity – then it's things like, hey, you downloaded this. Here's an answer. We recently saw that you viewed this. We think you'd also like that. Obviously, that sounds contrived, um, but it's the way that you word it. So it, you're able, through the automation in that example, I'm able to give them specific information that I see is relevant to them based on their activity. Where it can go wrong is if you try to blanket cover people. Yep. So you don't look at what did they click on, what did they download. It's just a blanket everybody. And that's where what we call segmentation. Mm. So you start to go, here's my big database, but these people are like this and those people are like that. And I'm going to then, you know, send these types of people this kind of information and you start to break them down a little bit. Um, and when you don't do that, it can be quite cold and blanketed because it's it, it's not specific about me. That's, but the other part yeah. of that is don't try to automate everything. You know, use the automation to send out, you know, frequently asked questions that you get, general information, building trust with people through your content. But from that, make sure there's still those personal elements that can come through because you've suddenly got more time to do it because you're not having to nurture people as much. You can then focus on the personal side of, um, of identifying people in your database or, you know, if you have a sales funnel, you can start to see people who are really interested and, and reach out to them on a personal level um, in addition to the automation mm. okay look that's a that's such good points you mentioned there and i think that thing of of language you know and and tone is is so important and where where i think this is such a fabulous time to be in business is that increasingly we happily we see businesses that are doing it well or they're doing it better 
you know and and i think of things recent things are i can't think exactly what the last one was but things that i sign up for whether it's a newsletter or or a product or some software or something um and the ones that have got the messaging right gosh they really do stand out don't they so here's an opportunity for us as businesses to really put our personality on these things and I guess as all these apps and technologies are evolving so obviously the opportunity for us to to really personalize and add warmth and and you know sensitivity to our messaging um, exists for us but there's one point that you mentioned there, so I'm just going to kind of wind us back a little bit to um, a much sort of simpler uh, kind of, if you like, a starting point for some businesses about automation that you touched on there, which is um, FAQs you mentioned, so frequently asked questions. Now, you know, we both know that uh, one of the starting points with a business when you try to work out what do your customers want is to have a look at, well, what questions do they keep asking you? You know, whether that's via email or when you meet them face to face, you know, that can often be such a good pointer, can't it, to, well, these are the questions people keep asking me. So what about if I put together a little book on responses to that or an email that's a kind of a response to that so from just from an autom- email automation point of view what's your what's your thought on that and I know that you know whether it's uh, all you know office 365 or any other sort of various bits of software that, that a lot of us have got how can we be using some of those sort of tools um, just to get us started in automation. Again, this might lead us away from marketing more to productivity and time saving. Do you have any thoughts on that? One of my favourite um, integrations to do for clients, and it, it's really simple, but it definitely makes a really big difference. Most people have a contact us form or a generic contact email on their websites and um, people fill it in and they're asking a question, right? That, that's why they're filling in that form or that's why they've emailed you. Um, depending on what your service is, this will or will not apply. Yeah. But for example, with Office 365 and any kind of cloud email um, software, you can, there are middle party softwares, which I won't go into the guts of, but essentially mm-hmm. they do the talking between softwares. They're the translators. And you can use these to basically say, if someone fills in my form, I want an email to go not from my automated marketing software, but from my personal, you know, Office 365 email or my personal email back to them, which is that, you know, thanks for inquiring. But in addition to just saying thanks, I'll get back to you soon, which a lot of people do, putting in, look, these are our frequently asked questions. Maybe one of your questions will be answered in the following information. Um, Mm. And that helps a lot if on, you know, those forms you have like a drop down of what's your question about. Then you can choose what type of response you send back to people already. Um, The nice thing about that is they get an answer straight away. Um, The other thing is that it saves you time later of having Mm. to retype same information over and over and it's those tiny little automations and that's a small automation but it can save you a lot of time and also give a richer experience for the for the person who's contacted you totally I, I couldn't agree more and again you know so often I think in small business when we do whether we you know when we automate something or we uh, introduce new sort of um, services or software or actions in our business um, on the one hand there is there there are some people that think well that's putting a barrier between me and my customer but the reality is what it tends to do I think is it, is it raises your stature in the eyes of your customer you know particularly the, the, the thing that you've said is who wants to wait 
for the for a response to a contact form you know when the chances are as you rightly say that a lot of for a lot of small businesses the kind of stuff coming through is the same thing you know so it just it just it's a it makes sense it saves us time and it gives us gives a better service to our customers so you know and i know we could gosh you know we could talk uh, easily for another <laughs> big period of time on sort of productivity and efficiency but um, have you ever yet come across a business that would not benefit in some way from a degree of automation no although I struggle to get my father to adapt some of my methodologies into his business <laughs> well that's probably a but family that's another thing. story <laughs> but um, no I haven't and to be honest part of the problem is around the word automation is frequently um, looked at with uh, marketing and it's fantastic for marketing it doesn't just apply there and that example of the contact form responder that might sound small. It might mean the difference between losing that customer and keeping them because in the meantime, they might search further on Google, find someone else with the answer and go with that person and they've, mm. you know, they've, they've, you've lost them. So, uh, you know, those sorts of things. It's about looking at the individual businesses and seeing what, what their needs are and, and where the opportunities are to, to take up some of that slack because, you know, in the course of a day, you're dealing with your clients, you're dealing with new leads coming in, you're trying to keep your marketing up to date, you're trying to reach out to new prospects. You know, you do so many things in one day mm. that you just can't possibly do everything. So you start to look at your business as a whole and think, this is everything that I do. What don't I have to do, really? Yeah, yeah. You know, what can make my life easier? What do I do 10 times a day? Um, a really lovely businesswoman that I know gave me a tip one time to just for a week write down every single thing I did in a day while I was working. And I was shocked at the end of that week to look at the things I was doing repetitively that I'm in automation and I thought I've just gotten <laughs> used to it and people surprisingly will get to used to remarkable things and they will put in these workarounds and these hacks just because they're in the flow and they're busy and it's too hard to find a solution for it. But sometimes that solution, maybe it's an hour to get it set up and then you're never doing it again. Yeah. Um, Look, I think that's a, that's a great tip and uh, you know, I'm going to draw us to a close in a moment. But I think you know that actually looking at everything that you do, it sounds quite daunting and confronting i remember i did that in my own business a number of years ago it it's so enlightening and it does make you realize gosh if i could you know not only just in automating but also in in sort of outsourcing and delegating you know gosh if i had all those tasks handled by someone else that would give me another two hours a week to do my marketing i mean that's Absolutely. that's how we should be using our technologies isn't it not whereas so often i bump into people and they're they're you know kind of wrestling with technology um but you know there, there's always perhaps a degree of wrestle when you have something new but as you say if you're approaching it with okay my challenge today is these 10 repetitive tasks i am going to automate i'm going to work out today how the heck i'm going to do it now you know that's a productive way to spend a, a few hours a day to, to get that sort of thing sorted 100% agree. It, mm. It's like any big problem. You're looking at it as a whole, it's too big to solve. But as soon as you can break it down into a smaller part, then it feels like something you can accomplish. It's achievable. You know, one automation at a time, one area, one thing, one pain point at a time, you can chip away at these. But the problem is going, trying to go gung-ho and I'm going to automate my whole business. You know, that that that's painful and, and it won't happen overnight. You don't have time to do it. So, 
often, you know, looking at, like we just said, all those areas, make yourself a list of everything and just chip away one by one. That can be the best way to get yourself into a better position. Well, I, I think I can see the T-shirt now, one automation at a time. I just think it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great look. Caroline, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your expertise. If we want to find more of your work, oneredthread.com.au. It's yes, the place it. to head. And again, we've got a number of your fine articles on our website. So thank you so much for joining us. And before we finish up, a big thanks to Telstra for their support of this podcast. As business owners, we dream to be that business, the one that's got the buzz, the one that makes all the right moves. With Telstra Tech and some good advice, we can help you stay ahead of the curve so that you can be that business too. For access to the latest technology trends and know-how to help you solve problems, create opportunities, and thrive in the future, head to telstra.com forward slash smarter for lots of articles, videos, case studies, podcasts, and more. Thanks again, Caroline. Thank you. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.